This is Company, the podcast. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the city, and all over the world. Today's guest is Jackie Hayes. She's the founder and creative director of clothing label Barney and Jack. She runs her business from her flat in Orange in regional New South Wales, where she sells all over the world and is constantly working with makers, cutters and production people in Sydney and elsewhere. Jackie has some pretty cool stories about working with some of the biggest names in fashion in the world, including with Sass and Bide when they were at the top of their game at the London Fashion Week, as well as brushing shoulders with some of the world's top models, Cara Delevingne, and buyers in Paris, and then also investigating sustainable production in Cambodia. What I love about Jackie's story is that she's also a house mother to 47 teenage girls at Kinross Wallaroy School in Orange. So by day, she's a high-end fashion designer, and by afternoon and evening, she's a mother hen. I just think that's so cool. This interview was actually recorded back in the summer holidays. We had a divine breakfast where Jackie welcomed me into her flat and sat me down with fresh orange juice and strawberry tarts and croissants. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I spoke with Jackie again this week and she told me that she farewelled the last of her boarders last week as they headed home early due to COVID-19. It's such unprecedented times for everybody at the moment. Anyway, I'm hoping that you can really enjoy this chat with her and enjoy Jackie's company. I think she's just wonderful. Hi, I'm Jackie Hayes and I'm the founder and creative director of Barney and Jack, a ready-to-wear women's label founded in Orange, New South Wales. Barney and Jack was launched mid-October. It's a ready-to-wear women's fashion label for all ages. So I've focused on all the core staples in everyone's wardrobe and it's brought together by myself and I sell online as well. Uh, I launched my online shop on the 15th of October and I shortly after had a, a launch in Orange and just after the launch I was approached by a wholesaler in town Pip Brett from the Sonic and a month later I launched into Igloo her store in town so it just keeps rolling really. So exciting I can't wait to delve into that a little bit more with you later in the podcast but what I also find fascinating about you is where you live and what you do, um, what what your day-to-day job is. Where are we? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm currently living at the girls' boarding site at Kinross Wallaroy School in Orange. So I needed a second income to support my business and so I work full-time as a house mother um, in one of the girls' boarding houses. So I currently live on site in a little two-bedroom flat. So I use one one room as my office and my study and the other room I sleep and then I've got my work next door which is the boarding house so yeah it's great I love it do you love it I mean tell me how that came to be um yeah it's quite funny really I I moved back to Orange my hometown a year ago and I needed needed a part-time job and someone suggested how great it is to work at Kinross in the boarding community 
And the start of 2019 this year, I became a house mother. So I went full time and I'm here Monday to Friday and I'm the first person the girls see when they get home from school. And I'm here every afternoon with them until they go to bed. Tell me more about that. I love, I went to boarding school myself and I don't think our um, house mothers were as cool as you, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite funny. I do get a lot of um, strange looks in the supermarket and things when I'm shopping for the girls. I think everyone questions why a young girl has such a full shopping trolley full of groceries every day, but there I am. Um, No, I love it. I'm a a pastoral, it's a pastoral role and I'm the mum away from home for 47 teenagers. So I've got girls ranging from 13 to 18 years old and I just know all the ins and outs of all the girls. Um, I know all the parents and I, I love hearing about all their stories from home, making sure their days are going well, they're on track for school. And I love being that person that they come home to every day and they share those exciting stories and they come to me when they need. And it's great. I um I really wanted to work in a team environment. I feel like I'm a very a, a big people's person and I wanted to still feel valued because working for yourself gets quite lonely. So be careful what you wish for because now I have 47 teenage girls and I've never felt more needed in my life. But it's great. And what kind of things, I mean, it must... It must be wonderful given your age um, that you, the girls must love that they can really relate to you. Is there benefit in that? Yeah, of course. I think the girls feel really comfortable coming to me and I'm a next student of Kinross Wallaroo School as well. So I've had more or less um, most of the same teachers as the girls as well. I've done the same subjects, um, all their extracurricular activities I was involved in. So I really understand their routines and and they really they feel comfortable coming to me and sharing where they're at with everything. And yeah, it's great. Does it surprise even you that you've ended up in this vocation? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, I, I, 18 months ago, I was working full time in a really busy design office in Sydney. And now I'm cooking birthday cakes and sewing on children's care labels and name labels into their clothing every night. So I didn't imagine at 26 year old. I would be looking after children, but I am. <laughs> so we are, I'm, I'm talking to you now at a quiet time. It's school holidays and there's no cars around, there's no girls around, but during at this time of the day normally, what would you be doing? Yeah, so during the days I, I work on all my design work and I also monitor like my online store. So I'd usually send out all my online orders first thing in the morning, um, just so my customers receive like their tracking numbers as early as possible. And I'll return home. I'll first check all my emails and I'll, at the moment I'm in my new design process for my next two collections. So I'm heavily back to back with all my pattern makers at the moment, just sending back fit notes and getting things through. It's a busy time with the holiday coming up. So a lot of my freelance freelancers are about to have a break so I'm just getting those last minute things through. What does normal everyday life look for you when you are juggling your house mother duties with your design work? What time do you get up in the morning for example? Um, So I'd usually rise about 6 30 in the morning um, and then the first thing I'll do every day will be check my emails and then once again I will check any online orders we'll race down to the post office to send those out um, I'll come back in the mornings and then the house will be quiet because all the girls will be left for school 
So it's all peace and quiet from then on. And I use that time to focus and get through all my work. So I am like a one-man show with my whole business. So I'm not only like the designer, but I'm the person behind every Instagram post and every newsletter. And I'm choosing new fabrications and doing new budgets and working with my accounting system, learning to work with my accounting system. Everything, everything is new to me. So uh, my days are never the same, really. One day I'll focus on updating all my invoices and the next day I'll focus on making sure all my production is on track and QCing all my garments, making sure the quality is all perfect. And then by 2.30 in the day, I that's when I do my grocery shop for the girls in the boarding house. So I'll go down, I'm, I go get them afternoon tea and suppers for the evening. So then I'll do my grocery shop, return to the home, return to the house to be home for them when they get back from school. And I'll feed them afternoon tea at four o'clock every day. And then I'll be with the girls um, until 9.30 in the evenings. Huge day. Huge day working two jobs. And so I'm interested in that afternoon tea thing. Do you cook afternoon tea um, for them every day? Yeah, so I'd usually, um, it's more just fruit or things for afternoon tea because most of the girls have sport or something on. So I don't usually have too many back in the house before dinner time. But suppers um, are a huge part of New House, the boarding house I work in. And and we do supper at 8.30 every evening. So usually then I'll be baking in the the afternoon evening for supper so we'll do quiches or rice paper rolls or sushi just different things and the girls get really excited by it they love new foods and yeah do you love cooking well it's so funny I, I never was a cooker before I um, a cook before I started this role but I really enjoy it I think because I've got so many people around to appreciate my cooking mm, totally yeah it must be um a nice way to connect with the girls as well is it yeah it is I think they really appreciate all the effort I go to them with them and if sometimes I'll find a a girl that might be a bit down or upset or feeling a bit left out and then I'll just get them to come along with me and we'll do some cooking together and it just makes them feel quite at home and a nice like even the smell of cooking through the boarding house it's so lovely for that for the girls to have that I wish you were my house mother (laughs) that just sounds so gorgeous what um what do the girls think of your um, of Barney and Jack? Oh, they are they're amazing. They're probably my biggest supporters besides my parents. <laughs> They'll often come home from school every day asking if I've had an online order. They'll follow me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, they're just they love it. They'll go and tell their friends about it. Their parents will come in. They've told their parents, and they love watching. They love watching it all. They'll often ask to see some garments and things. So, yeah. I would too. I'm fascinated in it. So tell me a bit more about um, about Barney and Jack. How did it come about in the first place? Yeah, so Barney and Jack, so funny. So I, I went and studied a Bachelor of Design specialising in fashion at the White House Institute of Design in Sydney. So that was a three-year three course and I graduated in 2014. And since then I was working for other other Australian designers in Sydney and I did some really cool work over in London and Paris and a bit in Cambodia as well. So it's been a busy four years since leaving uni, a bit non-stop and I just had the most amazing time, just learnt so much and I got to a point last year where I felt I was nearly ready to go out on my own and I was wanting to move back to the country because Orange is my hometown and, and I thought 
now was the time to do it, to, to, to launch my own. So I moved back to Orange in June 2018. Um, I was once told if you're in the one spot and you're not learning anything, it's time to move on. So I took that jump and yes, I began working on the brand mid last year and it took it took a year to get it up and running. Barney and Jack is something um, something that I worked really hard on and I think it was always something I was going to do. Barney and Jack, the name res- the, um, so the name comes from my dad's name is Barney and my name being Jackie. So Barney, I love the word. I think it's really bold and playful and classic and I think that really matches my design aesthetic. So it worked well. Just to take a step back, what kind of things were you doing when you were overseas, those wonderful experiences that you talk about? Yeah, so I was really fortunate. I was in London for a year between high school and university and I did some internships with a British desi- British designer and also an Australian label, Sassen Bide, and that was back in 2012. So that was in their glory days. And so I worked with them for London Fashion Week and it was amazing just working hands-on with Heidi Middleton and Sarah Jane Clark, the two founders of Sassen Bide there closely. And then after... So what did you actually do with them? What kind of work, what kind of jobs? So I was with them the whole week leading up to their show in London. So the whole collection would come over and we would fit all the all the models for the show. So um, after each model was fitted with their garments, you'd have to then tweak them to make sure they fit perfectly. And that was so, that was so exciting. We were standing there and like Cara Delevingne, like an amazing British model comes in and I was just like little old me standing in the corner. And I remember actually catching catching a bus home that night and messaging my mother and being like, I'm just so happy. And um, after the show, I went on with them and they do their sales appointments. So all the buyers come and meet them and see the collection. And I was just that person to meet and greet them and take them in and give them water, give them juice, give them coffee. Oh, I feel so, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. How did how did that come about? That opportunity. Um, well, I, I whilst I was living overseas in England, I really wanted to do some work experience before I started university. So I just emailed every every designer possible, and and I also looked on the schedule for Fashion Week and noticed that Sassen Bide was coming over to London. So I I emailed them and. I guess I played the token Aussie card and it worked and they and I was one of about four interns that worked with them that week and it was amazing and when I moved back to Sydney to study the year after I I went and joined their office in the PR department I was a little intern for them for 12 months it was amazing so good what was um what was it like working with the two girls um they're just so hands-on and there, you can just see their design aesthetic coming through when they're touching their garments and pulling their show together. They just have such a strong vision, and you can see, you can see why they've been so successful. Do they inspire your work today? Yeah, definitely. I think I always refer back to those early collections from Sassen Bide, where they just combined all those amazing shades of different colors and textures, and just those really flowy shapes where any any woman could wear and look flattering in. Was that the only uh, pinch me moment that you had while you were overseas? It sounds like there were more. Um, I did return back to the UK a couple of years later to do a short study course at Central St. Martins in London. 
And that was a two-week course, one week being in London, one week being in Copenhagen. And that was all on print design. And I was on the plane ride over and I was in a layover, I think, maybe Singapore. And I saw on Facebook, I was at the, at the time I was interning in the Ellery head office in Sydney and they were looking for people. They needed help for their sales room in Paris the time I was going to be over in the Northern Hemisphere. So I emailed the girls and said I would be around in those dates. And so I then spent a week in Paris working with the team at Ellery for their sales appointments and I'd be meeting all the buyers. And that was an amazing experience because I was helping, they'd have a model on site. So the buyers would sit in the room and select the garments that they liked. And then I'd be in the changing room with the model, dressing the model and would send the model out. And just hearing that feedback that the buyers would give, give the team was really valuable to me. And did you know of any of the buyers? Like what kind of brands were having a peek? Um, so it was like my th- really high-end department stores, I guess, over in the Northern Hemisphere. So it was my my Teresa, you had Harold's, you had um, Barney's. You, yeah, you had every of those big department stores so walking in. Yeah. And okay, so any other moments overseas that... <laughs> that I'd love to hear about and of course you know you got to spend a week in Paris which I just love just love everything Paris and I'm sure you do too (laughs) yes no so those were um those were two big great moments for me I did another I did another overseas trip to Cambodia so that was a little different this this way but I wanted to look into sustainable sustainable fashion um, I always interned throughout my uni, uni degree and I always focused on different areas. So I'd do a short internship in in more of a fast fashion so I knew their practices and then I would intern in more high-end designers so I'd know their processes and they're all made onshore so they all work in totally different ways. And then I really wanted to look in, more into sustainable fashion because I saw it coming more on trend and um, more on topic. So I contacted a little company called Dorso and they're located in Kampot in Cambodia and I went over there for a month during January um, between between uni and I spent a whole month working in their team and I implemented lots of processes for them in their production department so just uh, I taught them some pattern making skills uh, all about quality control and how they should be checking like garments Um, I just taught them a bit more about Um, the Australian market which they wanted to start targeting and it was really great it was nothing I've ever seen before the work everything was completely different but it was such a great experience Uh, and of course all of these experiences come into the creation of your of your own label did you ever think that you would have your own label when you studied at White House was that the outcome that you think you were always working towards I think I think the end goal was always to have my own label. I didn't think I would I didn't think I would start one so soon. I think my career just really escalated and it was just constantly nonstop and really achieving all my big goals quite early on, which I was quite proud about and I thought I thought now was a great time to do it while I can work hard for the next five years and hopefully by then it things can slow down and I can start to feel like a normal human again. <laughs> Um, I think when I was at uni, I always had such a distinct design aesthetic and everyone would always know if, if work was mine or they would, they would point out that that style was similar to my own. So I've always had 
some sort of design aesthetic that has been identifiable. So I really wanted to translate that into my own brand. Where do you think that came from, your distinct style? Um, I'm not really sure where it's actually, where it's come from, but I just, I'm always so drawn to colour and different colour combinations and things. So I love colour and texture and that's where I always start with in my design processes, looking at colour and what colour combinations work together. And then I'll find a, a piece of fabric like my watermelon linen that I've used in my first collection. And I just think, what do I what do I want to wear from this piece of fabric and this colour? And like a beautiful, a beautiful fresh blazer. Um, and that's how I, that's how I've worked. And, and it just comes from there. I guess I'm not really restricted to rules and things. I think um, I want to create really timeless pieces. So I'm not very trend driven at all. And does it tap into something um, like have you always been interested in fashion and design and clothing since a young age or is there anything that comes from childhood in that sense? Yeah, I think I was definitely always interested in clothing and fashion. I well, I grew up on a farm 20, meter, 20, <laughs> 20 k's west of Orange and my mother, she was a classic country mother where she would sew all our clothes all our clothes when we were a young age. She would teach us how to sew. Um, My grandmother would teach me how to knit. All of that was part of my childhood and upbringing. And most school holidays, my mother is very artistic, really talented. So most school holidays I would be with her and she would take us to art workshops or she would take us to a fabric store and would choose out our own fabric and would make dresses, my sister and I. So it was always part of my childhood and I think that was a big influence on where I've been. That sounds so idyllic. And, of course, my podcast uh, company is all about celebrating rural connections. What did you love about your childhood growing up on a farm? Uh, I just love that every weekend felt like a little holiday, I guess. You know, you'd do something different every weekend. Um, You'd always be surrounded by family. I'm really lucky. My family are quite close, so all my uncles and aunties, we all live around the same area and everyone really helps each other. So the days would be spent with my dad out in the paddocks or with my cousins and with my siblings and it'd just be a little adventure, really. We'd be out in the paddocks, we'd be riding motorbikes, um, we'd be inside. I was never a great cook when I was younger, lucky my sister's so domesticated, so (laughs) I'd more watch on. But yeah, we just had... So many amazing weekends and bonfires and just family outings, which you really you really connect more, I think, being out in a community. And, and how does that translate in your experiences internationally on the fashion scene? Wow, I think I'm much more grounded and much more on the ground as well when I work. So I'm not afraid to pick up a phone and call someone when I want to ask a question um and I'll walk into a store and I'll I'll ask for advice and I think just being able to talk to people as well and knowing um that they have skills that you that are helpful to you and having those discussions with people that and you're not afraid to and you're not afraid to approach people you don't know I guess and you're you're open to those conversations And given the amazing people that you have come into contact with throughout your work, how do they respond when you tell them that you're a country girl or don't you tell them? (laughs) Um, I mean, 
it's half and half. I'd like there's a few people I've been working with in the last couple of months have been really surprised when I've mentioned that I live in Orange. Like, oh, wow, is this, that must be really hard for you. And like, it's really not. (laughs) I think people are really surprised that you can do these creative things out in country environments. And it's just as easy as sitting at a desk somewhere in Sydney than it is for me sitting here in Orange in my flat. Talk more about that. I love that. And that is the way, the thing that I experience too, that there are no boundaries really between urban and, and rural life and regional living. Um, how do you make it work? Yeah, so when I first started looking for jobs when I moved back to Orange, I was I was really conscious of the fact that I would still need to be a little bit flexible in having time to allow myself to get to Sydney to visit my suppliers. My label's all Australian made, so it's really important to me that I do visit my factories quite regularly, just so that we're both on the same page. And, and also, too, I've become friends with them. I've worked with them for, like, five years now. So um, I love going to visit visit the girls but Mm -hmm. it's really important to me that I've got that flexibility and and I do with my job I am Monday to Friday but I'll talk to all my suppliers on the phone over email during the week if I need to see my factories on a weekend I can go visit them in Sydney if I need to Um, I work with two freelance pattern makers and one is all on online so she'll email me the patterns once they're complete and I'll go print them out at my local office works and I'll do up the sample here and we'll email the fit notes and she can email that pattern direct to my cutters and my factory. So everything is so achievable living where I am. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> um, I, As I am not a designer myself, but one that is keenly interested and in looking from the outside in, how you... you you're designing a range right now. How do you even begin to do that? <laughs> yes, so I'm currently working on my autumn, winter and also my spring, summer for 2020. And for me, the process starts with colour. So I have picked my colour palettes for my two seasons and then I look at my fabrications that I want to use. So I go to fabric agents and they show me their selection of fabrics and I pick out what I like, the textures, all the colours, and then I sit down and I look at all the fabrics together, how they work together and how they would appear in a collection as a whole. And then I pick, once I've found a fabric that I want to work with, I, I'll see what what would that make. So w- whether that be a beautiful long maxi skirt or a, or a really crisp shirt dress, it all just depends on the fabric and the colour for me. And... But how do you know, um, like how do you get a feel for what is right in like designing a shirt and the different cuts that you should do or a dress? I mean, it's all a bit of trial and error. I would say nothing will ever come out perfect, the right, the right, the right on. Um, so there is a sampling process involved in that. So that would usually take about a month where I'm sewing up the first patterns of everything in the in the fabrics and sometimes they don't look good (laughs) so but that's fine you move on um but yeah it's just trial and error really and what part of the process do you enjoy the most I was in your you know it's you call it your office but it's (laughs) slash your studio design studio and there's these gorgeous drawings um up on the wall and I I love that is that something that you enjoy doing yeah, definitely. I love I love doing my sketching, my design work. 
Um, but to be fair, that's probably about 5% of my time as a whole. Like you don't really get to be as creative as you'd, you'd hope for because it's more looking into the fabrics you can use and how much they cost and making sure your your designs are are using fabric that are not going to blow your margins out. So it's a lot of maths behind it as well as just the sketching. But I do really love my favorite stage would be getting all my f- samples back in the f- in the right fabrication and looking at my collection come together. That's that's yeah. definitely the favorite part. Absolutely. And do, when you're doing those, when do you do your drawings? Is it a constant evolution? Are you sort of thinking about it all the time and if you have an idea, you sketch it down or do you specifically sit down once you've got your fabrics and sketch then? Um, I do have a bit an allocated time slot um, in in my timelines where I'm meant to design, but I will constantly be looking through magazines or online. And if I see like a big, beautiful sleeve, I'll often take a screenshot or I'll rip it out of the magazine and keep it in my little box of things that I love. So I'm constantly looking for inspiration and, and designs, but I, there is that little time frame where I need to be locking in my designs for the next season so I can move forward. Who who are your or what are your main sources of of inspiration? Where do you get great ideas and when? Yeah, um, I love looking through interiors books. I love the color palettes in them. I love just the different shapes and the balance, everything like that. So I love looking through books and magazines as well. Um, even really old, like looking up really old designer collections, like 2005 and things like that as well. Um, it's just a constant, constant revolving wheel, I guess. Um, color, back to color again. Um, I, I might see a beautiful shade of pink and and that might spark me to think of a beautiful, long pink flowy dress. Mm. You never know when your inspiration's going to hit, do you? No. <laughs> you sound like you're so busy. You're juggling two fairly, um, t- like, full-on jobs uh, in your work as a house mother and then running, starting your own business. How do you relax? Do you ever have time to wind down? <laughs> um, well, that is a hard one. I something I do need to work on um, more, 2020 goal, that's for sure. Um, exercise which I do need to do more of, but exercise does really help calm and clear your head. So I, I do try and do a lunchtime gym class if I can get to it in my day. And that really helps me just refresh and reset. Great. And um, do you listen to any podcasts? Yes. Yeah, so um, my go-to would be the Lady Startup podcast. I love hearing about other other lady stories and how they've started, what they've gone through and that it's all not great you know um but I recently listened to the Rural Compass with Georgie Robertson the regional PR and I really enjoyed that I thought I learned a lot from what Georgie was saying and I'm really interested now to go go listen to more podcasts um around PR and communications I think that's something where I'll be heading to well Jackie it's been such a treat to come and meet you. I'm so fascinated in your story and we'll watch on as I hope our listeners will with so much interest um, as to the evolution of, of Barney and Jack. So um, best of luck with your latest, with your new season and thanks for chatting with me. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for coming. 
thank you to Jackie for taking the time to speak with me on company as we were pretty much sitting right in her warehouse where she stored all of her clothes. It felt completely appropriate to go shopping and so I did. (laughs) You can shop her collection online as well if you want at barneyandjackjack.com. Jack's winter collection is in production as we speak, albeit a little bit slower than usual. And this winter, Barney and Jack will be sold exclusively online. And I want to thank you so much, as always, for listening to Company. I hope that it's been just that, some really good company for you, be it if you might be in lockdown or self-isolation or maybe on your commute or even a lovely afternoon walk. You can find me at sky underscore Manson at Instagram, on Instagram, or you can sign up to my newsletter, which is coming soon at mansonandcompany.com. Cheerio all, and thank you for tuning in. 